Apologetics is defending your faith, but this is more of how can we prepare ourselves to be able to defend our faith no matter where we are on it, it, so we can always be prepared. Does that make sense? So it sounds like that's kind of what you guys are looking for, so that's cool. Um, but I think about for me, you know, this is, this is something we deal with every day, you know. I deal with this literary area, talking to people about God, whether, you know, they're interested or whether they're just, they think I'm crazy or, you know, this is a daily struggle is, well, what do I do when someone has, has a question? Like, how do I defend myself when someone starts attacking what I believe? You know, what about the questions and things I don't really know? And uh, you know, this is something that hopefully, at the end of this, you will feel a little bit more confident in uh, the, your ability to be able to do that. Let's go to First Peter. First Peter 3, verse 15. It says, In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. You know, this is our theme passage for today, and what we want to do is, um, you know, we want to, I want to look at some things in Paul's life that Paul did that can really help us, that if we imitate him, we're trying to go in Jesus' steps, but Paul was walking, you know, follow him, that if we imitate Paul in this way, we will be prepared. You know, but as we talk about this, the first thing that you see in he says, always do it with gentleness and respect. That arguments will never win anything. Before we even start about talking about how, if you're arguing with someone, you've already lost. If you, if you get heated, if you get, you know, I, I, when I get heated, I get on my tippy toes, you know, so I can be a little taller than them. You know, if you, if you start getting frustrated and start, and start attacking them, then you've already lost the battle. It says that you, you, you're humble and gentle so that even though they, they don't agree with it's our um, they'll be ashamed of their slander. And if we do things with gentleness and humility, they'll be ashamed of their slander. All right, let's go to the first thing that I see in Paul. Go to Acts 20. And the thing, and I think, I saw these things in Paul, and I feel like in my life, these are true as well. This, the thing in Paul, about Paul, the thing you see the most, and the way that he helps people the most is through sharing his story. That twice in the book of Acts, you see in, the, in Philippians, you see in Corinthians, you see in every letter he writes, he's telling his story and he tells it so effectively. He tells it so effectively that we still use his story today to help people become Christians. You know, in Acts 20, you see this as he... So in Acts 22, let's be, sorry guys. In verse 1, Paul stands up and says, brothers and fathers, listen to my defense. All right, I'm going to defend myself. When they heard them speak in Aramaic, they became very quiet. And Paul said, I'm a Jew in Tarsus of Sicilia, or 
Cilicia, but brought up in the city. I studied under Gamaliel and was and thoroughly trained the law of ancestors, and I was just as zealous for God as many of you are today. I persecuted the followers of the way to their death, arresting both men and women, throwing them in prison, as the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you're persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they didn't understand the voice or who was speaking to me. What shall I do? He said, get up and go to Damascus, and there you will be told all that you've been assigned to do. In verse 12, a man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And that moment I, I was able to see. And he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear the words from his mouth. You will be the witness to all people of what you've seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. You know, Paul is talking to the, the leaders of his people. And the first thing he starts off with is he starts off with a story. He connects on a level that they can understand first. You know, if you can become an expert in sharing your story, you will help so many people. There is nothing more powerful than your story. You know, and I think about that, and I think about, like, my, your story is powerful for, for two reasons in my thought. One is because it is, it is the only, you, it was you finding the only way that works. That there are so many religions out there. There are so many different philosophies and things out there. And we all know, because we've all been there, they don't work. They're nice. They're philosophical. They're great to talk about. But they don't work. They don't bring fulfillment and love and joy and peace. They don't change lives. Most people in the world don't believe you can change. Most people think that you live your life and you are who you are. If you're arrogant, you're arrogant. If you're depressed, you're depressed. You know, if you're a jerk, you're a jerk. That's just who you are. Most people believe that. But you found something that actually works, that actually changes your life. And that is powerful. And it's powerful not because your car flipped 30 times and you, you know, you're, you're in a coma. Like, that's not why it's powerful. I think sometimes we feel that way. Like, it's not powerful unless, like, I, I like, died and went to heaven and God's like, nope, go back down there and become a Christian first. Like, like we think that. We think we have to have this, like, moment. Right? And that's not true. And if you became a Christian, you know that's not true. That what's true is that you saw, that, that you saw Jesus and you're like, whoa, this is amazing. I think that's the second thing that's amazing about your story is that you met the most incredible human being who ever lived. You know him for real. You know who he really is. You know, I remember when I fell in love with Jesus. You know, I remember falling in love with him. I, I, I remember waking up and reading my Bible and like, wow. You know, I read my Bible my whole life. Since I was six years old, I read my Bible every day. But when I saw Jesus for real, I was blown away. When I really got it, there was nothing, nothing in the world mattered. And that's powerful. That's what's powerful about your story. Is that you, that you found something that actually changes you on a real level. 
you, you met Jesus. The religious people can't say they met Jesus. They can say they, have, they had an emotional experience or they had great parents. But you met Jesus. And that's what Paul is sharing here. He shares how he met Jesus. And it says many of the religious leaders came to know him. He changed, he changed the religious, the smart, and the, and the not so intelligent through his story. My wife's going to share a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I definitely can relate to the, you know, you're like, oh, there's this emotional moment. That's <laughs> and I did, I've studied this so much. She's like, I will never have that. I am not an emotional person. She's very science-based. And, and I am an emotional person, but I realized once I finally became a Christian, I was like, this isn't real, you know? There's not like this homilia, homilia moment <laughs> that a lot of people, especially in the South, will share. Like, oh, I had this moment. And there is a moment, but it's not this emotional moment. And so I've learned to share my story to relate to everyone, even the girl I studied with, who hardcore scientist. <laughs> because I told her, I was like, oh, you don't, that's not true. She was like, oh. like everything changed. The whole Bible study is like from there on out were very different because she felt so excluded. She's like, I'll never have that. I was like, yeah, I married a man who will never have an feeling moment, you know? <laughs> I love you. Um, but, you know, sometimes we box, box like, the, our stories in something. We have to have this moment. Or, well, I didn't have this intense sin or this intense dramatic thing happen. You know, the women who inspire me the most when they share their stories, it's not like they're like, well, this and this happened, and blah, blah, blah. And those things are great. They bring us to God, but they're not the reason for our story. You know, Paul didn't say, I was a Pharisee, and I knew everything. You know, he, he didn't say that. He didn't focus on that. He focused on, oh, my gosh, I was lost, and I didn't know. You know, and him of all people, who was very smart in the scriptures. So I've learned to just, like, okay, what, how can I relate to them? The thing that works for me is like, yeah, I didn't know the Bible at all. Couldn't tell you who Matthew was nine years ago or anything. And you're like, like everything comes down because no one really knows the Bible. <laughs> you know, some people, you know, know something. But so that's, I've just learned to figure out, okay, how do I say it right after Bible talk in two seconds? You know, oh, I studied the Bible for a little bit. I did not know anything. I grew up going to church, you know. But I learned, I just learned to say it in different forms, whether it's in a Bible study, a moment at church, meeting someone, but just focusing on that I was lost and I didn't know something. And it's okay. Because a lot of times people feel like you have to know something, you know, to be a Christian. You know, like, oh, I'm so spiritual and I know this and I know that. But that's not, that's not how we become Christians. We became Christians because we were so lost. <laughs> Um, and I think I try to always make that the point because that's what women in my life have inspired. They just keep reminding me, like, I was lost and going back to that. But it takes practice. Like, continue to figure out how to say your conversion story in many different forms and hit on different things. You know, like, oh, it's a science person. Okay, it's this person. It's this person. Like, just find a way to relate to people because we can't. You know, we don't have the same experience. We all know what it feels like to not know something, to be lonely, to be hurt, to be sad, to have rough family stuff. Like, we all have, have those feelings. So pick some of those. That's what I try and do, and I try to use my story to fix move in with that. So yeah, that's kind of how <laughs> You know, I, I think about, uh, I think about this, there was this guy who lived in the floor below me, and 
every night, he, they would put, they had a huge base, and every night my, my, my room would shake, and because uh, they'd have a huge party every single night. And I remember one night, he decided he didn't want to do that. I think he had a test the next morning. So he, so he like, knocked on the door, and he's like, hey, like, and uh, we let him sleep at our place, and, and I let him sleep on my, he slept on my bed, and in my bed there was just a scripture, and he woke up, he's like, why do you have this weird scripture in your bed? And we talked about it, I told him about how, like, I told him my story, and, uh, and four days later, he became a Christian, and uh, it had nothing to do with any wisdom. In fact, I was like, oh, let's do this, and, but his life was drastically changed, because he's like, whoa, like, one, you're not just like this Bible thumper, like, you actually changed your life. You know, we have to be experts at sharing our story. Everyone needs to practice how to share their story in two minutes, in five minutes, in 30 seconds. You know, I think the other day I, w- I was in a Bible study and this guy shared his story for 35 minutes. And at the end of it, I was like, I don't know if I want to be a Christian. <laughs> I was just like, oh, like, that was so long. And just, I was like, you know, and we gotta learn to actually know what's good to say and learn to... Learn to tell your story. Practice in the mirror. Practice, like, practice with your friends. Practice with your Bible. Talk. Like, get good at it. There's nothing more powerful. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The second thing that we have to become masters at is we have to become masters of the Word of God. Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Looking at Paul again, Paul wrote this book. And uh, there you go, there's some information. <laughs> All right, verse one says, And so was, it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you. I did not come with eloquence or with, or with human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my message preaching and my preaching were not wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. You know what? He's saying here, and if you if you need a little bit more information, you can look at Acts 18 in verse 4 and in verse 11, where he talks about how when he talks about the power of God, he's not saying that that. He was a, you know, he was he was giving gifts, and that was what was helping people become Christians. What he's saying is, I preach the word of God, and you can see that as he talks about. It. He's like, I came with the power of God, and the power of God comes from here. It comes from this, right here, and uh, it doesn't come with eloquence. You don't have to be a good speaker. You don't have to be big and powerful. You don't have to be the most like friendly, bubbly, like like person. You just have to have the word of God. And I think too often we, we rely on our personality or we rely on our intellect or our human wisdom to be able to convince people instead of just opening up the word of God. You know, I was talking to Mackenzie as we were driving up here and we were just talking about like how to help someone's mind change. And... Uh, and we're talking about, we're talking about you know, how do we have this person's mind change? And I was like, well, what I do is the more serious the situation is, the less I'm going to talk, and the more we're just going to look at scriptures. And so I'm just going to, like, I mean, we have to, I'm just going to go, okay, well, let's look at this passage. What do you think about it? All right, let's look at this passage. What do you think about it? Okay, this passage. All right, I'm going to go to 20, 30, 40 scriptures if that's what it takes, because I know that this has more power than me. 
And honestly, this is much more stern than I could ever be anyway. So I want this to have the power. And I want people to, uh, this is what has power in my life. This is what changed my life. You know, this is, this is what changes people's lives. You know, and I, I, think, I think so often we forget that. You know, I love, I love being in Bible studies. When I just look at a scripture and I go, what do you think? And it's not every Bible study, but, you know, I love it when I'm like, what, what do you think about the scripture? And the guy just starts crying. And he's like, that's me. Like, cool. All right, we figured it out. All right, let's move on. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's amazing the way that works. I've never told an analogy that just makes someone cry. But I've opened lots of scriptures that make people cry. I love looking at the cross. Because when someone's humble and we read the cross, they're, they're a different person. Like, you know, and the cross is amazing because all you do is you go, well, what do you think about that passage? What do you think about that passage? All right, cool. Let's keep reading. That's all you do. And it has the, it's the, one of the most powerful like, Bible studies I've ever done. You know, I lo- like the, the word of God is powerful. You know, when I try and help someone, I, I talk to people all the time who, who struggle in believing in the Bible. And, and we'll talk about different things and different questions they have. But what, usually what I do is I just open up a lot of scriptures. Do you know 15 or 20 scriptures just about the word of God? There are hundreds. There are, I don't know thousands, but there are probably thousands. Like if I think about it, if I wrote them down. There's the longest chapter in the entire Bible is just about the Bible and how amazing it is. Like the word, you got to know this stuff. Do you know 20 or 30 scriptures about repentance? Do you know 20 or 30 scriptures about the thing that you struggle with the most? You know, do you know 20 or 30 scriptures about God? Do you, do you know the gospels really well? You know, a lot of times when I help, after I help someone become a Christian, I really, I really love that we're going through First Peter, but I ask, I go, you need to go and master First Peter. If you don't know where to start and really knowing your Bible, master, master this two pages. Master it, know it. It pretty much, honestly, as I read through the Bible, this, this very quickly goes through most of the Bible. You gotta know your Bible. You gotta tear it apart. Every year you gotta be able to have to get a new Bible because it's just too, it's, it's too worn out, it's too used. You gotta know the word of God. Yeah, Mike, we can see this here. Um, so I feel like I'm the least person to know the Bible. And I say that because I've had a lot of learning challenges my whole life. I've uh, been in certain classes, special education classes. I fail tests that most people pass in a heartbeat. I just learn at a very slow pace. I have to read things over and over. <laughs> um, I take notes because I probably am missing something legitimately. <laughs> um, and so a lot of times I can think, well, I'm not that smart. I can't read very well. I hate reading. You know, like... Oh, there's just no hope for me. But that's not true. Like, uh, becoming a disciple is literally, obviously changes all of our lives. And that I can learn a lot. I can have, I can sit down and reason with people. I can persuade them to fear God. Um, I just don't have to do it in a way where I think it needs to, you know, box it in. It has to be this way. That's not true. 
And so, you know, a lot of times I am continuing to still memorize scriptures, and I think I have to really believe in the scriptures. It says, in Isaiah, it says, the word does not come back empty. Like, wow, if I read a scripture, this should change someone's life. So do I even have that faith when I'm reading the scriptures? You know, that's one that I've been constantly, because sometimes it's really hard studying Bible people. I'm like, no, this is going to change their life. You know, um, trying to memorize so many scriptures about everything I can study with them. Um, And so I think it's just having to really not let this idea of what we need to talk about stop us. You know, I don't want it to stop me because I really feel like I, I have a reason not to help someone. But that's not true. Like, I just have to maybe have to work a little harder and do a lot more, but we all have to. And so I take notes. I create my own studies. I, I could tell someone 20 scriptures on the word. There are so many. It's not just, you know, make sure the word matches, you know, your life and doctrine. <laughs> there are so many you could pick apart in discipleship and all these things. And um, even in church, like, I've used... Sunday morning sermons as a study. I'm like, oh, this is great. I've never thought of looking at the scripture this way. When I'm in other Bible studies with other people, I'm going to take their notes. How did they ask these questions? You know, how did they respond to this person? Um, and just really trying my best to learn as much as I humanly possibly can from the Bible. Um, I have like a notebook that like I just have scriptures in. <laughs> Sometimes my quiet, I'm like, I'm just going to go over these and memorize these because I need to know them. I want to know. And then doing commentaries, like for your quiet time. I'm, like, it blows my mind. Like, if you go into the context of Galatians, you could read that thing, and if you don't know the context, it's a completely different world. I was like, oh my gosh, these people struggle with not wanting other people to be saved. Like, what the heck? So it's just, it blows your mind just a little bit that you can dig into the Bible. Um, and you can change people's lives and just because of a tiny bit of studying. You know, don't just take one scripture, look into it, read the whole chapter. And so that's the practicals that I've really had to do with really knowing the word of God and not letting anything stop me or hinder me from it. Um, yeah, there should be no excuse for not knowing God's word. Um, who's, who in here has been a Christian for a year and a half? You, you can be proud of that. And that's <laughs> Have you finished the Bible? Do you know it all? Not do you know, like, have you read it all? It, if you've been a Christian a year and a half, you've got to have the whole Bible read. And if you ha- don't, you need to make a determination by the end of the year, you gotta, you're going to finish it. You've got to know the Bible. All right, let's go to Acts 17. My last point. We're going to be quick. Cool, so I'm not going to read all this, but in Acts 17, sorry, we're, we're put on time. Um, most of us do this. He goes, Paul goes into Athens, right? And uh, hopefully you've read this passage in, in uh, 16 through, uh, let's go 34, just that whole section in Athens. He, uh, he talks to the people of Athens, and you know that he goes in there and he uses his resources. A key to being able to, to be able to reason well and answer people well is to, it's to use the resources you're given. He walks in, and he says, and what does he notice? What does he notice? Yeah, he sees idols, right? And it says, to what? Unknown God, right? And he says something about it. 
He sees the temples. He sees the way they worship. You know, he sees... I'm so glad. Uh, he talks about their poets. He says, even your poets have said... And in that, he's talking about Zeus. That's what they were saying, is that, that we are his offspring. They're talking about Zeus. He, he uses the, their poets. He talks about their silver and gold and how they have these gods that they made themselves. He talks about... He talks, he talks about their life. He talks about what he sees. You know, we have, to, we have to keep our eyes open for things around us. We have to be prepared to use the resources we're given. We have so many resources. Right here is a phone, which has amazing resources in it, <laughs> called Google, right? Use your resources, know your resources. Use commentaries, as McKinsey even brought up. You know, I talk all the time about our world. Whenever I talk to people, I talk about what's going on in our world. And one of the things that's special is this is maybe silent, but we talk about life, we don't talk about religion. That I don't, and I tell people right off the bat, I'm like, I don't have religious talks with people. If you want to have a religious, nice religious talk, there are plenty of other campus ministries out there. But I want to talk about life. You know, I want to talk about the issue that every church out there is black or white or Asian. That we consider diversity mean you got that token guy in the corner. Like, that's what I want to talk about with people when I talk about church. You know, I want to talk about the, the fact that if, if a boyfriend or girlfriend break up, then all their friends break up too. Then we're divisive. Like, that's a, like, I want to talk about postmodernism, you know, and about how we think that, that there, is, like, there is no real truth. That tomorrow I can be a girl. You know, I'm going to talk about that. Because it's life. It's what people are feeling. You know, i got to know my resources. You know, most people don't know what's going on in this world. You know, most people don't have a clue. You know, people come up to me all the time. And they're like, you believe in God? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, but there's no truth. I'm like, what about the statement you just said? Like, it's not even that hard. I'm just using the resources they gave me. I'm learning, I'm learning to use what's around me. I'm learning to talk about life, talk about friendship. I talk about marriage all the time. I'm married so it works. You know, I'm about to have a kid. I'm starting to talk about having kids all the time. People relate to that. It's my resource I have. You know, I read books. You know, my, my, my expectation is I'm reading 12 books a year. And some, a lot of people feel like that's not enough, so I'm trying to up it. I'm trying to read more. I, you know, from, from spiritual books to non-spiritual books to business books to, you know, novels, which I don't like very much, but I want to I soak up stuff. I talk a lot about movies. If you come to my house, I have this, I have 300 movies, and I have no more room to put movies, so we throw movies away so we can buy new ones. <laughs> because that, that's the world we live in. I want to use resources. You've got to learn to know what's around you. Don't get stumped because because you don't know like this specific thing. You do, you know a lot more than you think because you know about life and you know what's around you and you know how things make sense. We are logical people. We know how to reason. We have to learn to reason them in the same way. I think it's gonna share a little bit. We don't have internet or cable, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I get stumped clearly and I have texted him in a Bible study. What do I say about Question. I'm lost. This person has stumped me. And then sometimes I just tell people, you know, I don't know. I'm still learning. I gotta figure that out. Take the humble route. There's no shame in that, you know? Um, and the whole reading your Bible has really helped me. Like, I remember someone said, 
And some of you guys know Douglas from Hawaii. He like knows everything. I'm just kidding, though. Um, but he's like, yeah, I read the Bible every year. And I was like, wow. And he's like, and then he's like, I have other quiet times. I'm like, that is my quiet time. Um, um, but it can happen. I read it twice. I was like, wow. And then that, like two and a half. So I kind of stopped because I was like, oh, I need something else. I'm just But it just, it's okay to get stuck. But just figure out. Get advice. Read tons of books. Kendall is so, like, it's incredible. He reads literally any type of book. He's read a lot of leadership books because you get to you get to understand the world. You know, there's a lot of books out there that will help you understand people and the way they think. Um, I took certain classes in college because it was part of my major, but it literally blew my mind. I was like, wow, this is how people think. Okay, this is helpful. But you gotta learn people. You gotta learn how to relate to them. And so things like that, I really had to do. But it's okay uh, to get stopped and use people in, in your own Bible studies. That's okay. You know, why don't you find scripture? I'm gonna text somebody. <laughs> don't say that, but. Um, but just figure it out and then go study it out yourself. Like you have to put in the effort. I have to put in the effort of really going over it on my own. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so use your resources. Um, I think there are so many, there are so many different things out there. You have to know what people believe. You got to figure that out. I want to give a bunch of practical stuff. All right, so that's all general. I think, honestly, if you, if you go after these three things, you will be okay. Uh, first, my first practical one is be humble. I want to remind you, be humble, be humble, be humble, be humble. It's okay to, to not know the answer. You know what? Learn to reason. There are so many different viewpoints out there. There's so many different questions out there. I love... Uh, I don't remember even who said it. But somebody over in this section said, like, I don't know every answer. Good. Me either. Like, nobody knows every answer. There are too many questions to ask for us to have every answer. That's why Family Feud is still on. Like, there's so many questions to be asked. You know, don't, don't, get, don't get scared when you don't know the answer to something. You know, if someone's going to ask you a question, don't be like, oh my gosh, like, uh, I don't know. I've never thought about that. Like, it's okay. Like, learn to reason. You know, learn to, learn to turn things around. There's a great book called um, Tactics. It's all about the, the art of this. And it talks about how too often as Christians, we take the defense spot instead of taking the offensive. That instead of someone, you know, someone's like, hey, why do you believe in God? We, we get really freaked out. Like, I have to have every answer about the complete understanding of why anyone would ever doubt God. Instead of just being like, you know, I believe, I believe in God for this reason. Why do you not believe in God? That sounds really silly. Like, everything else has a creator. Why does, like, who created your universe? Right? No, I mean, I'm just asking a question. You know, like, like, why do you, you know, someone's like, why do you believe in, like, homosexuality is wrong? You're like, why do you feel like it's okay? You know, just a great question. You know, they're like, well, my, my, my friend, you're cool. Like, so you're, you're in, you learn to ask. People ask questions not because they know, because they because they learn that you don't. Realize that other people don't know a lot of the answers. Take the offensive and ask them questions. Don't be religious. Be normal. Um, I have a lot of friends. My my brother is something at this point. Uh, he was an atheist and he was an agnostic. Then he was a spiritualist and now he, I think he just wants to be happy. Um, but he has a lot of friends who, who, who call themselves Christians and who claim to be disciples, and he'll ask them questions. 
And they will give him answers that are so religious, they are, they are blasphemous. And then, but then we'll have a conversation, and he'll be like, well, what do you think about this? Because all of your disciple friends told me, the, like, and I'll be like, well, that's dumb. Like, that's not in the Bible. That's just their religious, like, like their religious thinking. You know, I, you know, I, you know he, he asked a question one time, and he was like, well, like, all Christians think the world is made for them. And that's the religious answer. Like, yeah, God made this world for me so I can follow Jesus. And instead of like, you're right. He didn't make this world for us. He made this world, and he put us in it. <laughs> Look, I'm normal, okay? Like, does that make sense? Like, don't be, don't be too religious. You know, I think sometimes we try, like, we try and prove science through the Bible, even though the Bible is not a science book. It's a, the, it's a theology book. That it's, nobody used that back then to determine science. It wasn't until we combined Christianity through Catholicism with government, and then, then we had to force people to believe certain things because our doctrine was so off. Don't be religious. Be normal. Learn to disagree without disagreeing. <laughs> you know, if someone is like, have you ever been, have you ever been in a Bible, they've been talking to somebody, and they see something that's just like straight wrong? You know, like, you know, I remember, you know, this, this per, you know, all the time someone's like, you know, I really believe that, you know, I'm a Christian because, man, that, when, I was, when I was six months old, you know, and I did this thing, I was, I decided at six months, you know, that I, that I was going to live for Jesus. And, like, and I, that's what the scripture is telling me right here, you know. And you look at it and you're like, this scripture just says to read your Bible. But cool. Um, and, uh, but instead of going, no, you're wrong, you're an idiot, right? I can be like, yeah, like, I, I, I see what you're saying there. You know, it's saying here that, you know, we really need to, we really need to read our Bible. And uh, there are a lot of opinions out there, but yeah, I see what you're saying there. Like, I see, I, 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 because I do see what they're saying there. They're saying, like, you need to read your Bible more. Like, and uh, but so often we want to say no. But wh why do we have to say that? Why can't we understand someone and be empathetic and then, like, help them to come to the understanding? Help them to figure it out. Instead of being like, no, you're an idiot, go home. Like, no one wants to feel like an idiot. And actually, our religious, what I realize is being in the South, I've been in the South, I think, for 10 years now, that we are taught to like bluff our way through the Bible. Like we're taught that that is right. It's not, we're not taught that's error, we're taught that's what you're supposed to do. Like if you don't know what the, like we're taught like when we read the Bible to, to look up instead of looking down, you know? And they're like, okay, well, I know Noah, and like, and we're taught to do that. And so don't, but don't, don't make people feel stupid. We're all the same. You're like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Okay, let's look at the passage. I understand what you're saying. You know, this is what I'm thinking. Let's be agreeable, even if we disagree. Don't make, don't belittle people. Um, the next one is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Very similar. Um, I'm trying to be really quick, and I'm not doing a great job. Uh, understand people. I think that comes back to arguing. Don't argue with anybody. Understand where people are coming from. Understand why they believe what they believe. Understand, you know, their, their family background and, you know, and what happened in their life. And understand them and then help them to understand. It will change people's lives. It changed 
changed my life. You know, it changed all of our lives. All right, second to last one is uh, use difficult questions to set up a different Bible study at a future time. Someone asks you a question and you're just stumped. You're like, you know, that's a great question. And I don't really know it right now, but how about we both go study it out and let's come back in, in, in two days and talk about it. You talk about what you learned, I'll talk about what I learned, and we'll dig in the Bible and figure it out. Use those questions to set up more time. Like, that's my goal. That's always my goal with someone is, I just want another meeting. Like, I just want to be able to talk to you some more. If I get another chance to talk to you and convince you, then that's awesome. You know, if we're going to have a, you know, use those questions. Don't feel stumped and feel like you have to fake it. Then cool, let's study it out. Then go study it out. You know, really actually study it out and come back. Yeah, but... I just wanted to add one thing, um, kind of what he was talking about, which can, a lot of times, with all these different ways of living nowadays, um, a lot of, what always seems to work with me, and people are like, huh, that makes sense. They may not, they may not agree or choose, but always, I try and focus on, this is the better life. Mm-hmm. That the homosexual lifestyle is very lovely. People are very accepting. It's not like a horrible community, you know? But that Jesus is the better life. You know, it's kind of like, when the guy's at the well, like, he asks, do you want to get well? A lot of times, you know, people just, it, it's about being well. It's about being, like, like for God and bringing it all back to that. Because we get so distracted by all these questions and all these things. And I'm just like, you know, you can believe that, but I can show you the best life you've ever imagined. Do you want to figure that out? You know? So that's kind of what really has really helped me with some people. Uh, and finally, um, read, 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 read. Just read a lot. We need, we're, we're called disciples for a reason, because we're learners. If you're not reading, then you're not learning. Learn, learn to pick up a book. Learn, learn, learn to take notes. Learn to get a highlighter. <laughs> learn to read. It, it, it will change the way you think about things. And every, read everything. Not just things that agree with what you, you initially feel. Um, 